Ben McCann. Greetings, and welcome again to Wake the Dead. Today, we are delighted to have returning guest, Miss Carrie Olahe. Welcome, Carrie. Hello. Hi. How are you doing today? <laughs> Very good. Um, the guests should remember you because your shows were some of uh, the most informative in the roster of shows on my list. Um, it, you, you, I've got a lot of positive feedback and we've learned so much from you and I'm just delighted to have you back again. Thank you so much. Thank you. I am really happy to be back again. I know that um, for me, this has been a huge part of my healing process just to like I've mentioned before, be um, a voice for the victims that I was like a party, you know, witness to seeing harmed and everything that have never had a voice. I really want to make sure that it's it's my way of you know, paying it forward, you know, and everything. Right. And also to try and uh, bring some awareness and everything to the issue so that we can create create a, a better future. So thank you to you and your <laughs> listeners for having me back and being like willing to listen to this crazy and like really dark stuff, you know. So um yeah, thanks for having me, Sean. Well, it's a pleasure. And I'm I'm honored to call you friend and thank you again. So um me today too. <laughs> Today we have, uh, you have brought us a real treat. Um, you are an artist. You work with paints and you do tattoo uh, cover-ups and design. And um, uh, you, told, uh, you told me before in other shows about how it helped you to heal your parts. Uh, if any new listeners are listening, um, I don't really give introductions very well. <laughs> So I just kind of want to get into the conversation, but, but go you go over. <laughs> okay. All right. You have, uh, you are a survivor of, uh, satanic ritual abuse. And, um, by the grace of God, you are here speaking with us and you, all of your experiences have given you a perspective unlike everyone else. And, um, it's so valuable to learn from you because this, um, this line of investigation is has informed all of us very much in the understanding of the control structures and uh, of how we are ensnared in the uh, mind control that the dark occult puts on all of society. And from learning from your uh, unique perspective, of the hardcore trauma-based mind control and how your brain uh, was able to survive that and mm -hmm. um, compartmentalize. And um, we can learn so much from the, your brain uh, and the way that you have survived and 
we can learn about our own brains and what would happen to us with trauma and what would happen to our kids if something bad happens to them. I mean, there's so much that we can learn. Um, so you, uh, you've done, you have your own, uh, YouTube channel, uh, desert Dakini, and everybody should check that out where you, um, you explain to the viewers, uh, uh, the concepts and, uh, you, you're very good at, at explaining, um, from a start from zero and, uh, and if people really want to get into your, the nitty gritty of your, um, it, of your initial break, your mind break where they, yeah, excuse me, I said dissociation, right the uh, mm -hmm. intentional dissociation by the organized crime of the dark occult uh, in order to make you a complete total slave. Um, luckily, uh, you broke away from their influence and you have found peace and uh, a wonderful life now. You, you're a mom and you're a wife and mm -hmm. you're, you, you've come through on the other side and um just that's uh how about that for a little explanation sorry guys but uh, <laughs> you know it just kind of came off the top of my brain but um yeah does that does that sound right about right yeah yeah of okay. course i mean it's it's something for me that that it is is like looking back on things for sure it's crazy to see how far i've come i mean how far i still have to go because I mean, most survivors, if you start immersing yourself in that community, you'll know that it's like, you know, healing when it comes to traumas like this intense and this early on in your life and everything and discontinuous and everything, it essentially is something that's going to be a, a lifelong process of healing. But in my experience, and that's the main reason I started the channel, you know, was for other survivors that... Um, I had really appreciated other survivors or even therapists that took a very like straightforward, like brass tacks kind of approach to the reality of what we were dealing with, both from like the internal mechanics and programming side of things, but also from being very honest about like what traumas we go through to go to for this kind of stuff to happen. Because a huge part of being a survivor is um, you know, that until you really deal with processing your memories, you'll have little bits of stuff. But really, until you you deal with it, it's it's going to feel to you in the same way that it is to most people unbelievable because it is so different from your day-to-day -day life. You know, like most of us that are MK-related uh, style training, you know, or trafficking situations, like most of us weren't on a, in a compound 24 seven, you know, it was, you were, you had a normal life and then you, you stepped into this very dark underground world from, from that life. So when you start really reconciling all those memories and those parts that are really, you know, you're dealing with the PTSD and all that kind of stuff that is really ruining your life, you know, and your, um, quality of life, you know, your experience of life and has been for a long time. It, is really difficult, you know, and has been until, you know, more recently, there's a lot more, there, there's always been some, um, whatchamacallit, uh, 
survivor material out there but more recently it's just it's kind of exploding the amount that you can really find of people that are giving their testimonies and stuff but and that was one thing that I wanted to do was to pay it forward because the people that were willing to be honest and truthful about what they went through you know like the nitty-gritty of stuff and that's kind of what we're going to get into some today when it comes to more the ritual and occult side of things last time we went into a little bit more of the trafficking side of things which did does also include that you know but a huge part of all of this stuff is that the belief systems the world the really fucked up shit you go through you know when it comes to you know we're talking about you know child like rape constantly and murder pretty much you know that essentially having voices out there you know as many we can get (laughs) that have been through it and are willing to share and be like this is the reality of what some people go through um and like i said in the beginning you know what a lot of people that i've seen you know haven't survived you know and that's something that needs to needs to stop basically so so yeah like you mentioned i i really like breaking things down because that's how i've dealt with myself in the healing process and the artwork that you've shown in the past has been very um different from what you're gonna see today um just because i um have in the past been just sharing what i tend to share on my channel too which is essentially stuff that's more like journaling you know this is more part of like the therapy and healing process so it's not necessarily something that's about being you know a good art piece i hope that like no one ever you know frames any of those pieces of art but if they do like i hope that like you know like the crowd's like knocking on their door to ask some questions (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah but it's a little different when you're an artist you know from what you do in your day-to-day life as far as like subject matter and stuff like that but what i found interesting in healing was that the more the further along I got in the the layers of my parts and getting system, you know, integration and understanding that the more I would look back on my art and just be like, it would be almost like dream logic, you know, that it's like I would talk about having a very intuitive way of painting, of building on things. I would have a theme and then like what I would grab, I would just kind of like not really think about too much you know it would feel like it would just like come to me you know but it was essentially from parts that were needing to communicate you know kind of like that's what i kind of compare it to is like is like dream logic type stuff that it's like you when you wake up from a dream you can look back at the dream a lot of times if you remember it and be like oh that was really weird but like I can see how like all those things from my previous few days, you know, had like kind of manifested in this dream, you know, that seemed very random at the time and like its own thing. But when you wake up from it, you're like, okay, like I see where a lot of this came from, you know, and it was really weird, but you know, so, and it's very similar, I guess, as far as experience for myself, you know, just that going through my art career because I, you know, I got my, um, my bachelor of fine arts uh from the university of arizona and stuff like i like i went into trying to make it a professional thing pretty much right out of uh high school that you know looking at my more quote-unquote serious art that i had done as like uh you know in college and then after um it was just really interesting to see you know the themes 
that were somewhat consistent pre that, which I don't have examples of today, you know, carry through my art and they all pretty much were um, expressions of, you know, the part of my brain that, you know, the cult part of my brain that wasn't able to really express itself typically in a day-to-day -day life. So kind of like kids wow. express themselves in play or art. It was kind of like, I couldn't quite explain why like they were the themes that I gravitated towards you know sometimes they were counter to my day-to-day -day persona they were very counter most of the time because they gravitated around violence and sex basically <laughs> like, and, and my day-to-day -day persona was very you know quiet and shy and like not like that at all so right yeah so I'm gonna pause for for a little little drink I got a cold oh, you do on, your thing here I'll, yeah. I'll take over and, but if you have <clears throat> questions or yeah yeah definitely like i can ramble so okay no we're good i love the rambling so um so i am an artist as well uh i went to photography school i learned about composition and color and how we see and like all light you know all these things i studied yeah and um Look i art critically <laughs> yeah yeah and like all the like the technical pieces of it and how how the science works of it and how um it hits us emotionally um mm -hmm. my i my uh my major was fine art color you know other people were doing like architectural you know portraiture and shit. like so i was i was so I far removed <laughs> right right yeah and like <laughs> and it was like color film so it was like in a black room with like color paper and like color enlargers and so it was amazing uh, it was, I wish I could go back, but anyway, um, the all the goodies, <laughs> right? Yeah, like the the machine, the RC color printer machine, like took like five grand, five thousand dollars a day or some shit to like run this thing. It took like the size of the wall. It was, but anyway, I don't want to talk about me too much. Um, so like I see, I learned from my own experience that um, that by getting lost in the process immersing yourself in the process so much that you're not thinking consciously anymore kind of like you know you talk to in other shows about how oh you drive into it's like putting yourself in a dissociative state like you drive to work oh mm -hmm. how did i get here oh you know you weren't thinking because you do the process yeah. so much like i drive to work so or much did i lock or, the door <laughs> yeah <laughs> right did i leave the stove like, on did i lock because <laughs> I yeah. did it so many times. Like, yeah. did I did I actually do it? <laughs> <laughs> and like, if you get into that place where you're holding the paintbrush, or you're like in the dark room, or like I was, or whatever, it just your hand moves on its own, and yeah. your subconscious, right? Your subconscious can take over. Once you remove the conscious mind, the subconscious is able to take the reins, and um. And then when you look back at the work with your conscious mind, you're like, wow, that's weird. I, I didn't know I had that inside, you know, and you learn mm -hmm. about yourself. It's like a mirror to your to yourself, the inside. And so yeah. that's why I'm so excited about this show here, because you brought some of your work to share with us. And this can be like we can all view it and hear what you think about it. and um it's that's just i'm just so excited because that was one of my favorite things in 
uh, being in, in the artist community is to do the critique and to like put your work in front of everybody and to like have everybody else put too. their work to, yeah, like, okay. So that's okay. So, um, I kind of started to say, I just want to say this because it'll be bugging me when I hear it later. I'll be like, Oh, I forgot to say this. So you're, um, you, you have your Dakini, uh, desert Dakini, but you've also done work with, uh, imagination the Imagination broadcast, uh, Podcast with Emma yes. Catherine. And that yes. is where you revealed the real um, nitty gritty stuff. And um, I certainly yes. wasn't going to make you repeat it on my show. Like I, I, everybody should go to Imagination and uh, check out what the other work that you have done. And have you posted that on Desert Dakini? I haven't posted it on there yet. I'm okay. hoping to do it this week. It's, it's all good. Whenever my when it comes to technical stuff, but it's on the it's on the to do list. It's on the um, way. But yeah, good. definitely. Yeah, I I really do encourage people though to to follow um, Emma's podcast as well, yes. just because I mean the more like for me. It would it's great for people to listen to my story, but I'm not like an expert, you know, I just am a survivor that's sharing my experience. So to get a really good picture of like what we're dealing with with this kind of stuff, like you really have to listen to more survivors' voices and right. like you'll see the kind of the similarities and you'll learn the different, you know, kind of aspects of like the um you know, of the the whole system, right. essentially of trauma based mind control and trafficking and stuff like that. You really need to need to understand. You know, is like is it's very it's multifaceted. You know, and you right. don't get that just from my perspective. You know, so right. for sure, she's like she's like part of why you're going to get the nitty on her podcast is because you know it's it's a pretty you know, she's created over several years a pretty safe space just for whistleblowers and survivors and everything. Um, so yeah, I I would encourage people if um, you want like more um, in depth kind of uh, testimonial stuff. Which if you I want would to encourage. cry, if you feel like crying, <laughs> then maybe listen because holy yeah crap, yeah wow. we're we're gonna say I mean we're gonna we're gonna get into stuff today too you know but, right. but realistically right. you know trigger warning you know that's me just right. kind of going over you know in, in several episodes my um my testimony and most of it you know starts off you know most of it I'm a small child you know and going through really heinous and horrific you know kind of situations so I let people know that you know it's we're dealing with like uh, a pretty much the worst shit like most people could never imagine you know so um but that it's if people have any sort of like you know desire to do so and like kind of like it's kind of like emotional fortitude really to kind right. of like start the survivor stories and everything like you're going to get a much better understanding of the world you live in you know right. because there's there is just another side to it that most people don't experience essentially. And that's something that like is very, um, you know, it is just, it's, it's, it's hard to get into the nitty gritty, you know, when you are talking about things as graphic, you know, as, as, you know, as right. really horrible child molestation, you know, and everything. So, um, but you know, it, it comes up when it needs to, I'm never going right. to shy away from it. You're not really, gratuitous. Because, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that, right? And like, it's necessary 
to to know you can't just be like and then it happened you know we what you know like we have to exactly well exactly and that, plus, so like, that's like you said that's the way that we get a full picture if we hear some little thing that happened to you like oh while you were in the cage like you they gave you this certain type of teddy bear or some shit and then like some other person yeah. was like oh i got that teddy bear too and then like you know yeah. Those kind of little bits, those things really help to paint a full picture because like your story combined with other stories, that's again, that's why Emma's podcast is so good because she does so much work. She's always putting more out and having more guests. Sure. And, yeah. Um, and and so, along those lines, um, I like I have done a couple of roundtables recently with oh. a couple of other survivors as well that were part of the um more assassin type uh, training when it comes to uh, the programming and everything. So um, it's two male survivors. You know, we have a lot of overlap. We have a lot of differences and everything for sure when it comes to our experiences. Um, but it's great. It's another great thing that like is maybe going to be if it's a little too intense to listen to my testimony, you know, that's another place to listen to <laughs> some more survivors voices where I don't think we, always get quite as like you know as as deep into the um right. you know more uh, vulnerable side of things you know because like you're saying you know like we'll we'll be upfront about it like people are like and then dot 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 you know like, right it's like so, so what happened right. you know it's like yeah, yeah we're talking about gang rape we're talking about pretty much all the worst snuff. shit you can imagine that yeah. you to parent or to to adults exactly snuff uh yeah. pornography and everything and you know rituals that typically involve you know like child rape and then also murder in some form you know even if it's not going to be um always like a, a human there's also going to be animals involved you know but right. typically when you're dealing with people that were employing like the services of my handler and myself you were dealing with um with people you know mainly just because it they were the high-end events you know they weren't always the mom and pop ones uh, essentially that are in like the local covens i did attend some of those too um through trafficking kind of stuff but they don't have the means essentially to procure and cover up you know right basically killing a child every Right. Yeah, exactly. Obtaining them, you know, they wouldn't have the resources of where to get them. Some people do have connections, you know, with with like huh. cartel or different stuff like that. Yeah. Now it, the borders the are part, open. It's like they're just busing pregnant women into America. It's so scary. Like I, I know what yeah. they're doing. And other people are like, oh, they're helping pregnant ladies. Like, yeah, they're, they're I, selling like, those babies. I just you know. like. Yeah, it's it's very it's very stressful to like see the narrative and then want to say something about it and like for you to be called like a bigot or something. I'm like I'm I'm half Mexican. Like I'm not. Right. I don't have any right. with like Mexican. You just don't people. want pregnant yeah. women to be brought into <laughs> snuff films, like you know. But, the, the, but the, I just I yeah. just like yeah. I come back to um like you know when we had all these undocumented kids and stuff. I was like. Like, everyone put yourself in, like, they just accept the mainstream narrative without thinking about it, you know? And it's like, put yourself yeah. in that position. Like, how how bad would it have to be in your homeland for you literally to take your kid and send them unattended, like, 
on a train. I thought, you know what I mean? I'm like, but, I mean, is going to do that. That's right. <laughs> I'm no like, we're watching like trafficking that. in guys, basically. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And the <laughs> yeah, U.S. Is, trafficking in guys. Like the U.S. government is taking people and housing them in the States with like a house full of single men in their middle ages yeah. and shit, like little kids. Like, oh. I mean, I see it on the news. Anyway. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, we're getting back to it. We'll, we're going to rein it in here. So like um, you and I are both, we, uh, we're, we both, uh, we resonate with the same intention. Save the babies, you know, um, it, like stop the trauma. And that's, that's great. I, I love that. So, uh, so here today, you have brought some of your work. Here we have the first image that we're going to talk about. Uh, there. So this, uh, listeners, uh, people listening uh, only on audio, you might want to go to Spotify and find the video, or you can find the video posted on Odyssey. BitChute or Rumble, all of them under Wake the Dead. You can find the video there uh, because this is going to be a very visual uh, podcast here. We're going to talk about these images. So uh, back to you, Carrie. Uh, what are we looking at here? Yeah. So here we've got um, a... I don't know, <laughs> like a monster, I guess. Um, I didn't really think about describing them too. Here, I'll do it. So How about I'll do it? I'll, 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 I, let me take a. I'll try to, to do the description right. <clears throat> all right, so we you have do. you take you take over. <laughs> all right, so we have a um, a, a white woman in her uh, in like a leotard, and she's looking real mean and stern at this kind of beast looks like something from uh the, the book where the wild things are type of face um he's got like ape type body like gorilla but his face is different he's got sharp scary teeth he's kind of snarling and beside him there's like a fish with multiple eyes and a tongue sticking out and uh also sharp teeth. <laughs> uh, uh, so, and on the on the woman's side, to the right of the image, uh, above her, she has what looks to be like a monkey or a lemur, maybe on a branch or something behind it. Maybe bunny. Maybe it's got the ears. I have, I okay, it's a it's a jackrabbit. Jack there. Okay, and yeah. below her, she has what looks to be foxes, maybe. Uh, on a chain she's holding a chain like uh she's wielding these foxes and it looks like she's taking a real me and she, her her right leg is lifted and it looks like the monster is holding her foot in his right hand uh, is that a good description what do you think yeah <laughs> okay all right it's, it's yeah, I love I love hearing so this description of my artwork. You know, I 
think it's really it's really enjoyable mm. um yeah so so basically <laughs> Sean totally got it right so essentially awesome. it was just like a goblin beast type creature for sure you know and then i the creature next to it totally random like <laughs> So, like, so realistically, you know, they, it, it could be, it could be anything. Um, but essentially what people are seeing here is um, something that uh, I was really stuck, essentially, in my artwork. I wasn't really having very much fun and was just kind of pootering around. This is in college, basically. So this probably would have been my um, sophomore year of college which was towards the end of like my really heavy uh, ritual abuse um where i was being used uh as uh, an occult butcher type role um and uh kind of like ritual uh prostitute priestess type role as um different uh occult type rituals like this a, was mainly like an eyes wide for shirt my handler who sorry there's a delay sorry no. <laughs> sorry don't mean to interrupt I'm, i'll just let i just won't interrupt sorry oh, no. there's a delay and i was like oh like the eyes wide shut women are occult priestesses like but anyway go ahead sorry exactly exactly you know so um so essentially uh i I was kind of like getting burnout, which typically, you know, survivors will talk about. You go through issues with your programming because you're just going through a lot of trauma and everything and you'll deal with like things breaking down or shit like that. So it was a time where I, for me, like I, it's hard to describe to people, but looking normal on the outside was always like the number one thing that like, um, several of my parts duties were essentially like was to kind of make sure to like mask any like emotional switching or different things like that, you know, um, and to kind of like subdue that so that the abuse was less um, noticeable in my day to day life. You know, that's a lot of like MK um, more trauma based mind control people where you're being used for a lot of things, but then you have a front life a cover life essentially that you're going to be have parts that are there in place to keep that order so essentially i wasn't doing that well in school anymore which is rare for me and <laughs> that never happened um and my teacher was very nice in noticing it basically that like i just i was struggling to get anything done um and basically just told me she was like well she was like are you having fun and i said no <laughs> no I'm, I'm not having fun you know and she's like well if you're not having fun what's the point point?" and I was like well I usually hated this teacher but it was the kind of the thing that shook me out of like my funk artistically because it had always felt like most things in my life like it was a front like it felt even though I was good at it it felt very hollow like it never because there was a lot of expectations that put on it you know it never really felt like a true something I was like really excited and passionate about and I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? So I, this is kind of what came out when I decided to say, fuck it. I'm not going to try and be just like do something that people expect to see. I'm just going to do something that like I'm just going to have fun with. And I'm just kind of let it flow like we talked about before. Like I was just going to be completely random. I wasn't going to stress about finding references. Like so typically like my artwork is very technical when it comes to the anatomy because I'm finding references 
conferences and doing stuff like that. And this was just like completely out of my head, basically. So things are a little janky in the <laughs> anatomy department. But in any case, you know, it's like what you're seeing here is essentially a scene of what is really reminiscent of what's going on in a lot of people who are DID's head. <laughs> it's just like, like a constant battle between multiple parts, essentially, you know, so that's, it's very similar to like what was going on and actually really close echoes the structure of the system because there was essentially a um and the system that was the all the cult allied parts and there was a greenland which was essentially seen as the you know um more of the conscious alters basically your day-to-day life alters and everything so you had like a lot of parts that were just you know more innocent or childlike or good at performing just day-to-day tasks like school or you know just socializing etc etc you know a lot of that like which would have the belief system of what the front personality was all had always perceived you know was that like we were nature loving hippie like is how we identified you know but one of my main handlers also identified as a hippie so it's like you know looking back on that stuff it's like on a certain level i still embrace stuff but then it's it is difficult to see that a lot of things in my identity were essentially you know conditioned in by abusers you know because a lot of them tended to have this um this idea of uh creating a mini me you know like a mini themselves you know is was part of their kind of psychopathic abuse you know it's like they felt validated if they were someone else in their image that you know approved of every shitty thing they were doing (laughs) you know so um so here you know we have black land you know which is essentially you have the ruler um well he's not necessarily the ruler of the blackland but essentially the uh how do we put it the liaison of 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 the part that actually interacted with the conscious part of part of the um part of the world so it was played the role of gatekeeper it was a bully it was it kind of modeled some after the orcs and ogres from uh Which one Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Lord of the Rings right. series, which was like, yeah, the animated ones were always like a big part. There was a lot of like fantasy type um, media that was around like when I was younger that like was like purposely there to kind of like kind of help model like what route the different, you know, like alters would take basically. So for me, it was like pretty much always like very um less satanic you know and much more um like magic kind of druidy kind of based type stuff um that's much more what my like handlers and the guy who considered himself my owner who i just use his name now because i don't know if you saw the last round table i did but i i just kind of just say his name now <laughs> so, go ahead feel free case, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah. julius William. yeah What's yeah that? his name is julius william gates he was um he was Julius William Gates, he um, he kind of considered himself my master, but in the hierarchy, he probably would have just been like my main handler, I guess, um, who was kind of responsible for trafficking, 
you know, kind of overseeing all the programming and then trafficking me to like the more, um, you know, high end parasite class right. style. Was events, he, he was know, the guy on the white horse. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he was the guy on the white horse, you know, mo- pretty much all of my programming with trauma bonding was that, I was trauma bonded to my father, obviously, like a lot of survivors are to one, uh, an abusive parent, you know, you're going to be bonded to, to have like a normalized sexual component to the, to the parent child relationship, basically. So because of most of these things that you achieve with dissociation and, you know, mind controlled slaves and stuff, it really is can't be based on just fear it's really based on attachment you know too so it's the it's it's you wanting you loving a lot of times your abuse huge part of it so other than him the main person that i was trauma bonded to was was uh gates yeah so the guy who was on the white horse basically and that was the main event as you were mentioning that like he essentially had i had seen him as like saving me myself from being a sacrifice in a ritual and then um like and being gang raped to death by uh you know people that were dressed up as demons you know i was told were like you know were demons and stuff you know and then proceeded to be raped by him but most of my like programming um when it came to like attachment and trauma bonding was all around him basically where uh like it was it was creating like the whole blackland side of the system is essentially like founded on uh like a pure ideological you know like internalization of like what what the cults like ideology was but it was also founded on you know the the you know the love essentially the, just like you know for for him like they had done a lot of programming essentially a lot of you know really fucked up things um you know with like you know uh both pain but then also like pleasure stimulation and all kinds of stuff you know like even prior to meeting him like i've realized to kind of condition me to like see him as someone that i was going to like fall in love with as a child you know we're talking about as a child like it was like a five-year-old falling in love with a 50 some year old man you know so we're we're not talking about like genuine love but it was something that like you know like many survivors talk about when you're dealing with the more powerful people they like want slaves that make them feel like you know the hero this like fantasy version of themselves that they have you know so well they have a version of me that was in the black land totally well, they have a big ego, yeah. right? So, like, their thing, their, like, Satanism in general, like, the mind virus that is Satanism is, like, ego and grandizement and, like, having some pretty little six-year-old girl being like, I love you, like, uh, even though you're abusing mm-hmm. her. I mean, that's got to be real ego stroking. I'm sure it really, you know, so any, mm-hmm. so please continue, yes. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I think like most of like what I would say, you know, about this image is like, you know, that's like a lot of looking back on it, what, um, you know, the internal world that I had as a child, you know, like had these, that, you know, snippets of memories I did have, like, like these had always existed in my, in my head, essentially, and they had been intentionally 
um, you know, programmed in uh, through um, through like trauma and hypnosis um, right. and drugging. Basically, the part that you're seeing there, that's like the beast, you know, he was the main one that had uh, was an internalization of the abusers and the main programmers to have like complete knowledge of the system structure and making sure that all parts were where they were supposed to be. So it's kind of like what you see there in his body language, you know, is that the female is almost like a representation of, you know, my, my true will self. It was a part of me that was more of a warrior that felt like knew right and wrong and knew like, you know, what wouldn't put up for shit, you know? So essentially, you know, it's kind of leader of, you know, that internal land, you know, that's, at this point, you know, because I had a lot of internal conflict, you know, like was, you know, was fighting against, you know, the who had typically been in charge. And all you see is like him just like it's it's very ineffectual, as you can see, because I was not close to healing yet. You know, it's like that is like she's kicking him, but he's pretty much like catching her leg, you know, and telling her to fucking get back in her place. I see. Wow. So this this. uh the, the beast monster on the left side of the image is the commander and controller that was uh, given to you to keep your parts in line. Uh, I've heard yeah. in from the other stories. Part. There were a lot of subconscious ones too. Right. So, uh, so I've heard from other survivors that they will use uh demons they will actually through rape uh implant and ritual implant demons in there or at least they program the part to believe it's a demon whichever it still yeah. has the same effect in the end uh to and it that that's what keeps the order in line that's what keeps all the doors shut and like keeps all the separations yeah. And the on the right is your true yeah. will, and she's looking stern. Mm -hmm. She has that that fire inside, but um, oh, she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't have any weapons. Tell me about the chain to the fox. Like, how is that related to the woman? Um. I'm not really sure off the top of my head. It does have like a lot of symbolism mainly because like I, so when I come back to the goddess type, um, so when I was performing the rituals, it's like, I was seen as like, you know, a, like a priestess of a goddess, you know, and that was typically like the huntress, like Artemis type, um, right. uh, thing. Do so you want I me was, to go to the next one? It was, or, like, oh, that's the end. That's was, the end. Sorry. Sorry. What was that? I was like, there's a delay. I was like, and that's why it oh, sucks no, no. when I when I try to speak up because it's like you're you don't hear me yet. But um anyway, the I was asking about, oh, should I play put the Artemis? But that's she's at the end and we'll get to that. Uh sorry. I just yeah. we're not, um <laughs> no worries. you are in control of when we skip to the next one and you just speak up and tell me and I'll just do what you okay. say. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not telling yeah, you to skip it. I was just gonna finish all. with the just, chain. Yes, thing yes. Real please quick. continue with this. Like I, I don't mean that. I just like you said, yeah. the goddess and Artemis and this and that. And I'm like, oh, let's let's show that. But I'll I'll, I'll be quiet mm -hmm. and let you take control. I'm sorry. It's, 
it's your show today. So please. So you'll notice that like a lot of times, um, if I'm doing a, someone that is supposed to represent myself, it'll end up being which what I've always been, which is very like kind of small and a little bit more tomboyish in build, you know, because the Artemis archetype, you know, is very, you know, slight in stature, she's more virginal, even though she also plays a lot of times has the role of you know, an Ishtar, like Asheroth, like sacred prostitute kind of role as right. well. It's like that dichotomy. But essentially she's like fertility, but never, um, never uh, a mother <laughs> kind of, you know, she's like right. women, womanly anger and all this stuff. So it's like violence and sex is the archetype of this goddess. So right. essentially like they're like, I do a lot of like females being paired with you know like some sort of like like dog or big cat you know because that's very similar to like the the um the uh like ishtar Ishtar structure for those parts you know right okay i see because like you had internalizations Mm -hmm. of being of being so typically they'll have the hunting dog or mm -hmm. And that too, exactly, because because both of those parts were um, in in the system essentially. Right, right. So that's um, so the the image yeah. of and the, the chain the is actually. Sorry, it sucks, but we're we're working through it. Please excuse us, audience. Uh, this is just how it works with the internet sometimes. Uh, please go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, all I was going to finish with was just that the chain is actually not not attached to the like the like the oh, uh, foxes like it would fox, have been right. essentially typically um, yeah yeah essentially that it was almost like her like pulling the chain free of it and then using it trying to use it as a weapon against you know against the beast and when it comes to the demon type thing too like that's kind of what is represented by that hind. Like it's kind of free floating. It's got a bunch of eyes, kind of like a spider, but then like a human mouth, right? Tongue and shit like that is like really fucking gross and shit looking. Yeah. But but yeah, the part that that is definitely representation, like saying like a like a part that had internalized that they had you know had you know become like a, a demon in the system, like that that was. Um, you know, it's a part that feels irredeemable, and then it's easy. It's it's easy for that part to take on the role of like, well, if you can't exist at all, then you take on the role of like a, a negative existence, you know, and and that's kind of um, kind of what happens. But that's what healing is about, you know. So you can scroll to the next one. We don't really have to stay on it long. It's pretty okay. similar. That it's you know, it was part of a, a diptych, so like a two. Um, Okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, two, colored, two images uh, piece together and essentially that relate to each with other. that one. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and it and it was with this one. I think it was like my maybe visualization of the future or something like that mm-hmm. because it was like like I had done the first one first. And I was like not happy because it felt like it felt like it, the 
you know, battle wasn't won, basically. Oh, you right. know? That I was yes. trying to like, you know, work out at almost, you know. So it's like so a lot of times like I'll use um I don't use many from college, but a lot of times I would use like black women to to like represent like a more like powerful or stronger version of myself, you know. So um right. it's just it shows up um it shows up a lot you know but you know you'll see the wolf you know the wolves there i've talked about like the wolf altars and you have yes. like the rabbits and the other um which we call it and then you have another like the octopus for right shall, shall i shall i describe it for the listeners showed up uh, in my art is like kind of a demon Oh yeah, my bad. I just, no, I just went into talking about it. It's all good. You're we're good. So okay. So in this one, we also have uh, a woman uh, with a beast, and but this time, uh, the beast is is like in the center of the photograph. It has blood on its head, and it looks like it's in agony. And the woman has a hold of the beast's face. And like is behind the head and kind of pulling it and she has a knee on its back and she's almost riding it and she has the same stern look and uh below them is an octopus and uh the beast's right hand is raised as if he's like calling for help and there is a uh, a wolf biting his wrist that's raised and above his head is another wolf looking down, like ready to attack. And the beast's foot is up in the air on the right side, uh, as opposed to your foot, your right foot mm -hmm. in the other one. Uh, and there is a bunny uh, between your heart and the wolf uh, that's above his head. Um, and I think that's I think that's good. It looks like the octopus might have some blood below his eye too. So how about that for, was that a good description? Yeah. Yeah. He was also representation. No, that was, that was perfect. You know, he, the octopus, I think kind of like the pairing of the octave, of the demon and the beast kind of like a pairing of the same uh, like a beast and then kind of like some, I don't know. I don't, it's hard to describe like <laughs> right. what like a demon would be if you visualize it, you know, but at least something that's like not human or animal or anything really. So it's just something that's like, you know, weird. <laughs> so, and I don't know why octopuses would like fit that category. It's the tentacle, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the tentacles. And they're very um, intelligent. Right. Too. Right. And, um, yeah, the, the way that they can touch everything yeah. with their tentacles and they look so foreign and weird, like it looks almost alien, you know, um, an octopus does is what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So this woman has a much more effective attack on this beast. He's bloody and he's almost calling for help. <laughs> Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I would say like this is this this is essentially was like me like I said like kind of reacting to the first piece and realizing I hadn't quite like resolved what I wanted to, and 
all of my art like of what I'm gonna show I've also done a lot of like just like commissioned portraiture and murals and you know very just nature themed things you know over over the years um but this is all kind of more the stuff that's been seen as like my style or body of work essentially um and uh for me I mean the the main thing is that the theme you're gonna see is painting it was in a way like me trying to almost like manifest an outcome that I wanted essentially so like mm -hmm. you'll see that like a lot of times it's what I did with art as a kid too you know is that I only did really beautiful things as a kid you know um for the most part I didn't have dark things come out in my art really until I was a little bit um you know, more like high school age or something, and things started kind of, there was, um, like your brain started developing. You know, I, I liked focusing. Yeah. Well, I started, I wanted to focus on like some beautiful stuff because I had so much, so much dark and on beautiful things and manifesting that in my life. And at this time, I started kind of doing the same thing in my art when I started kind of developing my own style and just saying fuck it I'm just gonna paint whatever the fuck I want to paint <laughs> you know like that essentially what kept showing up over and over again is like if I was feeling a certain way in my life I would put a painting together that I felt like was manifesting the thing that I was my goal the thing that I wanted basically so with this one it really was like me being like well I need to now paint a scenario where like like there has been this victory you know even though internally there really hadn't been yet it's like that's still a lot of times how i've worked things out like all of the goddesses and stuff like that you know all the skull pieces like it's just constantly me trying to like like reconcile death as a beautiful thing because it was something i'd been exposed so much or you know the sacred prostitution kind of archetype the hypersexual goddess archetype trying to reconcile that as a beautiful and powerful thing which on a certain level i still do agree with but really as a the manifestation you know and that's why in my artwork it's not as dark as it could be because i i've it has been a desire to like transform stuff into something positive but still a constant coming back back to like the trauma shit you know well that's how um, yeah, i mean can, your your uh, self inside uh, wants to hear whatever you want you know or we can scroll okay all right well i just i was just want to say yeah. that, that you you inside you naturally want to heal those parts want to express themselves um and the the art is a perfect medium for that. And if, you know, like when you do the one that's, that has the desired goal, like that's like, yeah, that's your will. Right. But then the subconscious is still there and it's like, I'm ready to be healed now, you know, and it'll bubble out and like, okay, now I got to work on this and do this piece. I see exactly what you're saying. Like uh, you gotta, you gotta let the subconscious take over in order to get the healing. And then when you look at it and you comprehend it and then you transform it into this other picture where like, this is what I really want to show. But then like that, it, it uh, will give you a positive benefit in a different way. Like, uh, 
And both of those ways are important for the healing to, to allow the subconscious to express itself and then for your, to align your will in a proper fashion so that, uh, you uh, like you apply it you apply your will in your life the way that you really want to in order to really affect the most change in the subconscious traumas and uh healings that need to be had right yeah right okay <laughs> well all right moving on then here we go totally okay so speaking of this one here, you're talking about skulls and the uh, beautiful, sexy goddess. So I guess I will describe. We have um, a dark-skinned woman dancing. She has so a the crown. Drawings. Oh, sorry about that. You're good. Um, I was just going to see if you were if you were fine to like quickly scroll through the drawings real quick before this one drawings let's see the uh okay the skulls right i think it was like the black and white white, right this one here yes okay all right just because this was tattoo apprenticeship basically so it's it's just kind of showing it's also very normal is one thing i want to say like you know sticking to sexy ladies and you know skulls and everything is really not um is not unusual when you're like a tattoo when you're like going into tattoo and stuff it's like pretty pretty uh part part for the course you know but that's one thing yeah, that's one thing that I had uh, wanted to find older stuff for was just to show that, like, for me, like, naked women was something that was, like, a staple in my art always. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And and skulls and stuff as well, you know. So it, I didn't have them here, you know, but essentially I just kind of wanted to show, you know, this one, the next one, um, and the following one, you know, all from the same time period where it was okay. after I had been – used heavily for cult stuff but it was just you know still same theme you know just it's really trying to figure out a way to transform death into something you know beautiful and the last girl is from uh uh playboy basically so it was me just trying to like i don't know like really make that a beautiful thing to do. <laughs> I don't know. right transform that into yeah right i, I see yeah. so okay so this one here this is a charcoal, I guess, or pencil uh, a, a rendering of a skull that the mouth is open. And it looks like it's underwater. There are two goldfish swimming, uh, one in the upper left corner, one in the lower right. And we have uh, what looks like flowers. I'm not sure what type of flower. That is, but it's growing from underneath the skull up yeah, through the skull. Lotuses, lotuses. right? Um, it is uh, the, yeah. the it's coming yeah, out. Yeah, I use lotuses a lot. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah, lotus is very heavily okay. important in um, Egyptian mythology too. The blue lotus was uh, psychedelic, and they would put that in their wine. Um, and they would 
trip out in the in the pyramids you know so like uh, lotus is very important for um yeah. <laughs> many things and 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 with the eastern like the um uh the buddhists and the uh indians they 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 put a lot of um uh weight uh, you know weight, uh, uh symbolic importance to the lotus so that's a good choice and i see there's there's bubbles too to tell us that it's underwater and it's a black space it's like <laughs> dark darkness and mm -hmm. right yeah buddhism so, is actually what pulled me out of the programming i would wow. say you know getting Great. so getting sober you know um and like herb and and buddhism basically because it it was a way for me to find my way back to my spiritual path because i had been so damaged there and in doing so you know a lot of survivors you know it's, it's essential in healing is having some sort of way of you know having a connection to your higher power because it's some heavy lifting you're going to be doing mentally emotionally and spiritually right right so this is just a <clears throat> this you just wanted to show this image because you uh this shows you're trying to make beauty out of the death right yeah 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 just to show you know the definitely the overall theme that was like still consistent in the art i mean what you'll see is it's very repetitive <laughs> i guess mm -hmm. my if work is is very my like like my work is almost all the same, even though each each image is totally different. It's like right. it's always like bubbles and abstractions and darkness and color. Like it, you know, um, I'm the same way, and it's just because it comes from me. I mean, we're all unique, and it's good to find what's really you and just keep doing that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it being repetitive. That's great. Yeah, I've moved away from these subject matters like as I've healed. <laughs> Good. So uh, do you want me to go to the next one here? Uh, this one, again, <laughs> is a lotus and a skull. The <clears throat> Behind the skull is a mm -hmm. flower of life. And, uh, and it's also in the blackness with the bubbles. Um, but there's no fish. Yep. And the, the blossoming lotus is... Um, is more full and instead of coming through the skull it's like superimposed over the skull so there's like 50 percent transparency and you can kind of see the flower and the skull behind it um yeah so yeah 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 along the same lines you know this is still the buddhist imagery you know an interesting thing i am starting to notice is the other common theme is the is the black everything kind of emerging out of blackness is a thing that i tend to do a lot in my art but it's also how i mean internally you know a lot of people it's like you know it's like your head is like you know it's like the black void <laughs> that everything comes from kind of like internally <laughs> right or at least that's i guess that's how i've seen it right and the subconscious is unknown to the conscious and like not knowing something can be represented in darkness, you know, the, uh, and then you bring that conscious light into the darkness to bring it up into the, I mean, this, this using paintings is, is uh, using the, the process of painting is a wonderful way to bring things out into the light from that darkness of the subconscious. 
Yeah. So do you want me to move on to the next here? Yeah, I think the next one was just the... Sure. Yeah. Okay. I think that one was just the, the Playboy one. Me just trying to elevate... Uh, right. Um, what should we call it? Uh, sex work into some fine art. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful. I mean, she has no, a beautiful body. Not this body. one, but we can totally go Okay, here. this one. Okay, wait. <laughs> totally we can fine. do... Uh, okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, I guess we're out of order, but I don't know why. But the next one with the skulls at her, at her feet, I can do that here. This. Yeah. Yeah, we can okay. do that one or the one you were on um, is fine. Okay. Well, uh, you pick. Go ahead. We can. Okay. okay. Go ahead and go back to the first one okay. then, I guess. You got it. You got it. All right. So uh, yeah. here we have a. So. Here we have a beautiful dark skinned woman with a floral type headdress. Uh, it seems it's almost like psychedelic Indian jewelry with flowers and her face has a circle around, like around it, like almost like a halo. And then there's a repeating circle behind her of like stars, white light, another very faint. Um, and she's dancing, she's holding the blue lotus in her right hand and she's uh uh she has this smoke green smoke looks like uh, there's cactus and uh are those cannabis buds maybe um and there's like green smoke coming up from <laughs> no they're the... prickly pear <laughs> okay okay <laughs> and uh in the smoke is uh skulls and they're rotated in different directions and there's also an animal skull like a bird skull in there too and uh it's very beautiful image uh, she looks very content and dancing um tell me about this one Um, and the next one are like the faces that I did after this. So I kind of consider this um, essentially my whole like goddess phase. Um, it was, um, you'll see in most of the next images, it's still the same of the sexuality and like death and violence and everything, but seen um, as uh, I don't know. I guess like you like intent or something, or, or empower themes kind of going together, um, and. These ones I kind of wanted to show because this was right, right after a of work, um, right after Paris recall event and, um, that I had mentioned uh, in the past. Um, been on a cruise um, in uh, 2014, I'm pretty sure, as that was my initial recall in um, 
I had been kind of alone a little bit in college. Uh, just kind of hoping I'd lay low and maybe something um, on my own. Uh, what ends up happening with a lot of survivors is you end up with actually them coming to you later on in life, uh, just making sure that all of your programming's intact and that your roles of keeping the barriers up in your head are still playing those parts. You as a survivor, as the front, are not remembering the you know the uh, underworld aspects of like your reality and trauma programming and everything they're really ensuring that all that's there way because there's a lot of things that they implant like new world order hunter tracker training that they wanted to uh have me execute in the future they you know technology changes things change so they might you know give updates to different parts as well so it's not just um, making sure that all the parts really was the fact that um, was the fact that the part that had been, you know, queen of the black land in my head and was like the cult part that came out to attend events with, with Julius Gain is like, you know, just saw herself as um, a cult royalty, you know, file ring, basically, um, that there was contract signing and everything along those lines when it came to, like, agreeing to continue to fulfill those roles and everything, and that also I would, I had been essentially agreeing to, um, and that I also speak out about is, like, you know, they have you do horrible things when you're in these mindsets, like, agree that they would have possession you know, ownership of my firstborn, essentially. And, you know, that's a main reason that I speak out about this kind of stuff is like, really legally, they couldn't have no reason to have any ownership over my child, you know, but to just know that they can get you to this place, you know, through traumatizing you as a small child, to as an adult be able and I had didn't have any kids at the time yet, you know, but to be part that would be willing other parts that people talk about like a part that's willing to be a breeder for the cult and have no attachment to their kid and hand it over whenever you know they had deemed necessary essentially either for sacrifice and abuse it had been if like it was seen that they you know had the traits that they wanted to you know train up another slave with whatever genetic whatever's you know but part of that you know sealing the deal you know i was i was essentially going to be called upon in the cult again essentially in the near future to play the role the old role that i had played as like the butcher and priestess at rituals and i think it was both to make sure that that training is all 100% still intact you know on the inside but that also um it's, you know, it, if for whatever reason, you know, they had decided to call me up, you know, for, for that role, you know, again. And um, like I had mentioned before in my testimony, like that the following year I had attended, um, uh, I had kind of really been burning out in part because of the recall event, you know, and having all that trauma and blackmail and everything kind of put on me during the cruise that I had been attending. Um, you know, my mental health was like, 
you know, decided that I really needed a trip, <laughs> you know, so a lot of this is also implanted stuff, which, which is really difficult to like pick out exactly where, but essentially like I had my front memory. It was just that I was burnt out and I just needed some, uh, inspiration artistically because that's what had always like given me you know and I was doing very well art professionally I was very successful I was like there's no reason I shouldn't just like take some time and go do something that I want so I had gone in my head that I was insistent I was going to go by myself <laughs> to Europe essentially to you know even though I had a partner at the time who I was really close to um he also wasn't too interested in going to, <laughs> to Europe he was like oh, I need to go I want to go to Italy or France. So I ended up, you know, trying to decide between the two. He talked to me and this is the many ways that, you know, my husband has really saved me for sure is that he didn't by myself. He was like, you're fucking crazy. Like take your mom. So I was like, fine. He finally talked me into taking my mom and I didn't go by myself. So I finally decided on France and essentially I was there in like the few weeks prior to like the Paris thing off and everything um there to essentially perform um that like took place um I'm pretty sure underneath like the catacombs of the um uh Chartres Cathedral which is wow. next to the um uh, <clears throat> do justice and I don't I, <laughs> no I'm not saying it right but wow. in France essentially you know so was, um the catacombs but I did not walk there, you know. Right. This this is very yeah. highly occult place. Um, the the catacombs of France has all of the remains of like I mean everybody that was ever buried in France it, they moved the bones like down underneath. Uh, this is like I can't imagine how ritually significant this place is. So this is where they took you uh, for this uh, ritual that... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, it was... I think a lot of it was them seeing whether or not I was going to play the role in the hierarchy. And I think, you know, the art training was, you know, everyone tends to have some sort of, like, front stuff, you know? So for me, like, art had always been my passion. You know, they they cultivate what you're already, you know, you're already good at, you know, but it's like, I, I kind of feel like that was like the carrot that was being held, <laughs> you know, for me was like, it wasn't, you know, for the front personality, it was like this implication that there was going to be some like popping off and star, even though like, I've always like been phobic of like the whole art world and like, I've never been interested <laughs> in participating with it. So, so like, there's always been you know, like I said, uh, uh, a little bit of a battle going on <laughs> in the in the head with stuff. But, you know, when it came to like, that was the, like, that was just like a very minimal thing for, for them. They don't really care about that that much. Like for me, like the main rules that like they made money off of and that I was their form was just a very specialized, you know, task of, you know, of doing the, you know, of performing the occult cannibalism rituals basically and and uh because i had been almost like you had mentioned like the demonized type stuff they do the same thing with like goddess type 
entities, you know, and stuff. So that was my experience is that the first was part of like an event to identify me, you know, my will, you know, me choosing to take on the role of the goddess. And this is at four and a half, you know, so I'm going to remind people of that, you know, that like the part that is performing the ritual in Paris, you know, is a part that was essentially split and created at the and was involved in human sacrifice and gang rape and everything. And essentially being convinced that you were going to die unless, you know, and that God had abandoned you, but that, you know, the dark goddess and God had, you know, decided to save you. So that's more of the trauma programming, basically. Right. But essentially that's the part, you know, that, that was uh, seen as the personification of like that particular archetype of the goddess, you know, the, um, Ishtar violent sex, you know, the huntress, you know, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and was used in magical working. So essentially like that, with these rituals that there would be there would be a black mass usually a part of it and then as well as um uh cannibalism you know to where there's some sort of human victim you know and that age or gender can kind of vary depending on like what uh ritual we're talking about um and the parts that are consumed can also vary some you know depending on which ritual um we're talking about you know sometimes it's like pretty much everything and sometimes you know parts are thrown into a fire for like burnt offerings so um but essentially you know my training was to initially do like i had mentioned before the um sometimes the actual execution but sometimes that had already been performed and then i was called upon so depended on the situation but in um in paris for example you know like i it it was like it was a toddler girl who who had been brutalized first essentially um and i you know i was the one essentially to to help with another couple acts to drain her blood essentially before anything was around that I had had as a child, you know, was around butchery and dismemberment and everything. So that would, you know, would be then portioning it down into a smaller piece of the ritual event to like, you know, come up and consume um, essentially. And that was um, something that, typically too, not always like followed with like kind of like a blood orgy type situation where they had seen almost that I as representation of the goddess, you know, like that they could also um, like glean the power through then like an orgy afterwards, you know, that would be what, which it wouldn't typically be every attendee because they were very large events, but it would be a selection, you know, of attendees that would perform, you know, that kind of stuff and were seen as like, you know, by getting the blood on them, by performing the rape of like the priestess and all that kind of stuff and the goddess that it was seen as like, you know, that they were, um, you know, vicariously getting, you know, the power of that sacrifice and everything. So, right. Um, so, so essentially, you, you know, when I came back. So you, uh, no, go for it. you, so you, you represented the Ishtar Inanna, uh, and they, 
they participated in like they would drink the blood and they would get the blood on their body and then they would fornicate with you is that it they would dominate yeah. you and then and in so doing they're dominating <clears throat> dominating ishtar who yeah. is the goddess of political power and sexual love and all these devious things that um and so it makes sense that's because really that's what a lot of the like even if you look at the catholic uh the host that you know they're they do a ritual and this piece of bread be, becomes infused with the power of jesus like by via ritual and then you are eating the bread and you mm -hmm. vicariously eating jesus it's the same uh like it's the same science basically you know and so this uh yeah. they're making you the vicarious medium between the archetypal uh idea of the the huntress and then they turn you into a victim uh by and that in so doing makes themselves ruler of the planet basically you know if they if they can yeah rape the goddess of nature then they can rape anybody and their ego is huge and and then they get high on the blood um the uh pain infused blood i'm sure uh yeah because the the child and was that's was something tortured that first right yeah you know, that's that's something that I would like to point out too though, is that like some of like what I had, you know, wanted to talk about is like, you know, when the indoctrination really comes with um with a change in your belief system. So when that part's out, like uh, I'm as this part, <laughs> as this front part and most of myself, I'm gonna look back on that event and say it was it was rape, you know. But the the honest truth is, is that when that part is out in that ritual, you know, that's something I've had to come to terms with is like dealing with myself having, you know, like imbibed, you know, these same substances as part of the ritual. And there's a lot of things that they do both reprogramming beforehand, but then also substances they use at the time of the ritual and everything when it comes to like ointments and just like, I mean, the effects of like that adrenalized blood itself, you know, that you know you like they they're not interested you know unless you like a hundred percent embody it you know so like the part of it's like there wasn't the victim was the brutalized one you know really that like for me it's like yeah looking back on it it was fucking rape there was no way in my conscious waking life i would have ever agreed to be there you know on that night you know and definitely never have participated in anything you know the rape is really the least of it to be honest right. you know like it obviously um there's you know there's there's a lot to to work through and, right and everything like and you know to to deal with stuff for but but realistically from realizing the amount of parts that you've had that hadn't um, internalized that belief, you know, Stockholm, as you know, and that part, you know, really felt, um, it's hard to describe it, you know, but they had done conditioning even since the four and a half year, that very first gang rape, you know, that part of what 
made you empowered was the fact that you that be abused so much. Like it was very strange, you know, so it was seen as so even though it, it, looking back on it, it was something that was at the time you see the brutalism that you welcome, that you take pride in, that like you somehow are fulfilling your purpose or role on earth. You know, it's, it's really disgusting to be honest that you can get people to a point of that where they can just subjugate their will that much. Yeah, it is, you know, and that's, that's been a lot of it. Like, you know, I think from her comes from finally being able to talk to the parts that were allied, you know, because that part of you is so that even knowing that the abuse that you went through to know that you could have participated in these things, like, because looking back, you see that your mindset was a child, but you body, you know, like that's something that's, that's impossible to, to really wrap your head around, you know? So, um, yeah, so essentially, like, I, you know, coming back to the art a little bit, you know, right. I had essentially really, um, when I came back, you know, like, I was on, because my true self, like, was not willing to play this role, you know, that part of me had been willing to play that role, obviously, you know, but most of me was like, no, like, I would rather die <laughs> than and continue to be like to be this you know what I mean and that's like essentially what you know but what kind of kept coming out of me was I still subconsciously was identified with the goddess as like my source of strength and power and everything so at this time this was after right after I got back from my Paris trip and I had been to the Louvre and had been like I you know I had found passion in art before I had lost it some during my tattooing apprenticeship and career because I had become like really busy very quickly. So I like realized that I needed to go part time and just take time to start painting and creating like essentially like getting my to be honest, like my passion for life back really, you know, cause I, I was burnt out on life and very, you know, close to suicidal and not really understanding why, <laughs> you know, I was always so depressed and every everything and dealing with all the PTSD, everything. So these goddesses that would come out and you'll notice they're almost always wearing the exact same thing. It's going to be, which is very similar to what I was typically dressed in when I was playing, you know, a priestess or goddess type of role. When it came to, if I was just a butcher role, typically my face was veiled in some way. So it was either like, the top of a druid's robes, you know, with like a very long so, or sometimes something that was a complete cover, but still I could, I could physically see through, you know, but most of the time, if it was a priestess thing, you know, it was just a big headdress and that like I had more in other things that I was used through for multiple psychopathic occult faiths basically so i was identified with artemis but then also multiple like playing the same archetype across multiple you know faiths because when i was trafficked later on the whole role i was created for it was to play the same role in the but be able to move between the different you know the different faiths because um it was just it that's just what it was. It was just a specialized role and that's how they were essentially making money 
or the power and stuff like that off of me is like I was being used, you know, through, for druids, I was being used for Satanists, but it would vary a little bit, but it would always be a headdress. And because it was goddess of a hunt, it typically would have some sort of skull or pelt or um, horns, you know, um, associated right. with it. And then like a, usually a very minimal belt, like jewelry dangling type thing that doesn't really cover anything around like the, um, like the lower uh, midsection, you know, kind of covering, covering the groin some. Right. Um, but uh, would yeah. you like, would I don't you know like if we're going to get through all the, all the artwork. <laughs> I think I said we way too much. It's <laughs> all good. I mean, uh, if you if if you have to go, just speak up and we can do whatever. Like I know your, I know uh, your mom. Maybe what, whatever time it is over there. Uh, so please just feel free to speak up, and we can always cut it short. Yeah, so. we should be good for a while. <laughs> Beautiful, wonderful. So, uh, what, like uh, I'll describe this next one here. Uh, another beautiful goddess. Uh, she has like blonde hair, I guess, coming down, and uh, her headdress has skulls, and her uh, third eye, I guess, has like a light coming out from uh, her forehead. And in her right hand, she holds a white serpent that wraps around her wrist, and she has a red cloak. I'm not sure if there's words written on that or if it's just gold uh, uh, threads or whatever. She's, uh, go ahead. What? Sorry, I thought you were speaking in. But, uh, but anyway, she uh, she has uh, she's topless and bare-breasted, full, uh, plump breasts and wide womanly hips and <laughs> and she has uh, a uh she has a tra over her like uh, the dangly jewelry that like you were just describing um there's an upside down triangle is the main shape that is uh covering your the, the woman's private area <laughs> and uh and then below is almost like is a zodiacal wheel and out uh, beyond that, there's. You can uh, scroll to the next. There you go. I guess it's not a zodiacal wheel, but there's. You got a double helix on the outer one. It looks like DNA, and then we got like blood cells in another layer, mm -hmm. and there's like a rainbow layer too. Uh, and inside of that looks like mandala type uh, Indian almost imagery. Uh, and the skulls are surrounding, and this is all at her at her feet and her legs. Uh, <clears throat> the skulls all have uh, gaping mouths, and uh, and she's standing in flowers and tall, like uh, grass at her feet, barefoot. And uh, yeah, what would you like to say about this one? have much to say i mean you pretty much got it like spot on in your your description you know she was definitely like um like i was like i'd mentioned i was feeling pretty depressed when i came back so it's like i just started painting these goddesses that i felt like dealing with the themes i was dealing with in my subconscious obviously around like the death and sexuality and trying to have 
find the sexuality really empowering and everything but it was very um I don't know how to describe it like it it's hard to describe to people that on a certain level the flow state is really nice but on another level if you're dissociative like for me it was it was kind of disconcerting because it, we have a term a lot of times with DDNOS where you typically have a team of fronts that are doing the masking like I had mentioned of um, the switching that you gray out is the term you know so it's like you're there's part of you that's like your main consciousness isn't necessarily completely blacked out but is kind of like off in its own room having its own thoughts and conversation and like like the front part of you is doing something almost like without your so I would essentially I started doing time lapses around this time because I felt like I would see what I produced at the end of a long painting session and I was take starting to take more and more time off because I was having difficulty like emotionally and like keeping my shit together for work for obvious reasons and um and it, I would I would just stress out because I would be like, I feel like I should be enjoying myself. I spent all this time painting and I see that I produce this thing, but it feels like someone else did it. <laughs> and I would have to start watching time lapses of myself to literally, you know, like be like, okay, like this is, this is me. I'm actually like doing this and this is like, you know, something I can possibly enjoy. But it really, like my other art when I was younger, it was mostly unicorns, which was uh, kind of a mask for the de one of the demon altars early on, you know, that it was compulsive. It was like obsessive. It was literally like one wow. after the other, after the other. It's like goddess and skulls, goddess and skulls, goddess and skulls. <laughs> Just like, and I couldn't, and it's still like, it's like, I, it, it was hard to describe to people that it's when you're producing beautiful things, you know, still, and you're getting all this approval, but to still describe to people, but I'm like totally impulsive and I can't describe why, you know, but it's because I didn't really have much context for, um, you know, the things I was dealing side of my life. Right. But I mean, when you find something as an artist, like especially a young artist, you're in school and you're searching for, for that thing inside, you know, and when something bubbles up, you got to follow it mm -hmm. and do what what's bubbling out, you know, and that's, that's to be a true artist really is to, to stick with what's, what's the inside driving you instead of like looking out and being like, Oh, what, what looks cool. And I can put yeah. together, you know, like, uh, it doesn't matter if it, you know, yeah. my, I went to a photography school, one of my, the black and white teacher that I chose for um, he did for like 11 years. He was taking pictures of rocks, <laughs> just rocks. <laughs> so like, it's cool. Naked yeah. woman skulls. <laughs> it's all good. You can express many different things uh -huh. with the same subject. So that's, it's wonderful. I'm, I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. Well, and and I don't want to like, yeah, I don't want to negate it too much for sure because what I do still see in all this is what you you know describe is like it's beautiful pieces of work. I'm not the things that you're looking at are not true reflections of my experience to where they're bloody and dark, you know, and disgusting and everything. It's like when it comes down to it, like my true self always just wanted to wanted to create something beautiful, you know, wanted to right. saw 
wanted to focus on the beauty in life and everything. So it really was like, this is almost like, like a combined, like it's, you know, all that darkness, but then filtered through, you know, like my, my true artist eye, you know, that wants to, you know, just capture the beauty in things, you know? Um, And realistically, one thing I had always been aware of, even though (laughs) was just that I had always, even though I couldn't voice why, was that I had uh, said, you know, that I was always obsessed with painting big breasts (laughs) because (laughs) I was always so flat chested that I was like, I just love looking at them. They're just <laughs> <laughs> no, these, so nice. They're, they're beautiful. The ID also. Great job. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so I, a lot of my women, you know, are very, you know, unless they're explicitly supposed to represent myself, then a lot of my women are, you know, are going to be very full figured, you know, women that I that feel like they really, you know, just kind of, you know, I don't know just real women, I guess, you know, and I typically use a photographic reference, you know, um, that would kind of, um, at least for like the body. Um, and I would change up a lot of stuff. Um, that was the one out of order that I had mentioned before. It was the the playboy I had done during my apprenticeship. Um, okay. So using that as a reference. (laughs) Right. So that's, uh, that's what we're looking at now. Um, there's a beautiful blonde woman mm-hmm. na- naked with a veil over her eyes uh, on a chaise lounge, and she's kind of straddling it like a horse, you know, and she's got her high heels and looking seductively over at us, viewing her through her veil. And to the right is uh, like a fleur-de-lis, and it's almost in a design of like a mm-hmm. sexy playing card type. I guess that kind of would. I mean, there's no number with the, you know, but I mean, I mean, it's still like, it's got that feel to it. Um, yeah. And the Chaser Lounge is red yeah. and deep red. That was always sexy. So anyway, go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's interesting. Like I look back on like the ones that I chose as far as like, it's kind of like collage is something that survivors are also recommended to do because it can be easier to get in touch with their subconscious, especially younger parts because they don't have as much language faculties, you know? So, you know, pulling things out of um, magazines that resonate or something. So it's always interesting. Mm. This is actually one of several Playboy pieces that I had, um, had done, but that they all were, you know, um, you know, definitely reminiscent of aspects of like my own experience, you know, especially, you know, with this kind of, like I'd mentioned, you know, most of the time I had the issue of, uh, um, wearing a veil, you know, in the butcher type experiences, but then also just being kind of like seen as like a, a high end prostitute, because that really was kind of the thing that always, um, you know, ritual events typically from and like I like to say from four and a half onward, always followed the same progression that it was literally um, a starting off with a trafficking event, usually where you arrive uh, pre party or to a party essentially a gathering, you know, or like I said, ahead of time and, you know, um, we were abused by one of like the attend, you know, one of the more powerful attendees there essentially because you're seen as like a high end commodity. And then, but that also essentially establishes your archetype of the whore too, you know, because that is like, you know, that's the, 
role that you're going to be playing later on in the ritual. So then later on, there's also, you know, like I said, usually some sort of like violence sacrifice that either myself or someone else is involved in and then, um, and consumption of that. And then, you know, an orgy, you know, or, you know, gang rape that's like occurs after that point, you know? So that's kind of what I really bring up to people is like that, it's, you know, to me, it still comes back to trafficking. You know, we can, we can look at all the, you know, the fanciness of the eyes wide shut shit as much as we want when it comes to the costumes and stuff like that. Cause that was very much my experience was being those kinds of things. Sure. It was all, you know, it's all still just like child prostitution, I guess. Right. The, the, the brass tacks of it, it's still child rape, you know, and you know, trauma-based mind control, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe someday we should we should collaborate yeah. on like an Eyes Wide Shut um, episode because I've done a lot of work with Eyes Wide Shut, and what I've found and uh, is the same that you have experienced. It's like almost uncanny. Uh, so we should talk about that someday, maybe in the future. Yeah. reason it was his last film <laughs> right yeah yeah that's for sure so okay so moving on we got uh this one um she her breasts are covered by her arms kind of and her hair and she is a much more <clears throat> she her headdress is feathers and there is a skull but it's a maybe a um uh, carrion bird, like a like a vulture, it's skull. like a raven skull. I think. Oh, a raven. Okay, okay. And uh, her third eye is part of a triangle of light, almost like a constellation. And the other points are their spheres, like maybe Jupiter, um, Mars, maybe planet. You know, general planets. Uh, and there's more geometry uh, at your at, at her throat chakra to two other points of light, another triangle. And around her head is a uh, halo of two circles of light, almost like constellations connected. And she's holding in her left hand a flower of life circle. And around that is like a rainbow sphere almost like uh maybe it's like an iridescent like bubble type rainbow i don't know but this rainbow has much significance in the in the mk ultra and all that type programming so uh so she's so she is naked and she's in the darkness of night uh, i can see there's stars behind her and there's like color of uh maybe um space galaxy whatever kind of beautiful color on the coin in the left corner and she's staring to the right uh into uh space i guess or to her right and uh she has like a lasso of light around her right hand that goes up to her left hand and it looks like she's almost threading those two circles that are around her like so 
Or is that good? Is that a good yeah. description? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I think, I think that's perfect. You know, um, I think with most of these, like you're going to just see a repeat of essentially what my experience was, like I said, just like the, um, the death goddess, you know, it's essentially a dark goddess, like type entity that it's always going to be um, space. <laughs> space is going to be really common um because mm. it's kind of like i said it's it's like the this archetype that you that i had been given of like cosmic power you know that it's like this idea of like you know of a goddess so when, and in this one too like you'll typically see it's like there's also this idea of this power over life and death and death not necessarily being like a horrible thing and also too for myself like i had been dealing with like suicidal ideation for a lot of my early life and everything until healing just because of everything I had been through but also because of the programming that's in place if you do remember or start dealing with your more emotional parts there's a lot there that like would they would rather you kill yourself you know than reveal anything that's that's going on so I had kind of always reconciled myself some near-death experience kind of had made me feel like there might be something beautiful on the other side of it anyway for me um like a rewarding in case um place you know, to go kind most of, of the uh, yeah sorry. i had early like experiences like at yeah yeah no like eyes wide shut style like um ritual that i had attended with in Washington DC um that at that I had been I had stayed with him in like a, I don't know if it was a condo or uh, something like after the ritual for a couple of days where I was just essentially abused by him and had a near-death experience there where um I essentially felt like I had um you know, chosen to come back to my body, you know, and chosen to come back to the life that I was, that I was living because I had talked with my higher power and, you know, realized that, you know, I, and a lot of survivors feel this way that we on a certain level have, you know, volunteered for, you know, taking this life, you know, and making something of it essentially, you know, that it's, it, it that, that's how I get around my anger for, for God. Cause a lot of people are going to deal with it. If you've dealt with like what I have, it's like, how can, you know, these things be allowed to happen. And because God infinitely respects free will, you know, and that includes in my opinion, and it's not going to be easy for survivors that haven't come to that place themselves, you know, but have come to a place where I feel like, you know, in my soul's journey and path, like I decided that I needed to, play you know this part you know and chose to be the one to be subjected to the tortures as opposed to some other soul or something so that you know we could create something um bigger in the plan you know um and you know most of these you're gonna see is like it's always it's it's gonna come back to beauty you know it is like it's always gonna be so i'm trying to create something that is like really beautiful and aesthetically pleasing to look at um and it's more you know just kind of showing the way that these dream logic like we said you're gonna see over and over again the ideas of you know inanna ishtar like this you know this idea of cosmic magic or love you know in manifestation you know and to me that was typically through space imagery or 
um, fire or skulls, you know, or animals, because that was a lot of times either sacrificial or played a role in the altar type system, you know, programming. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> here we have an angel. She looks Native American. Uh, she's got the dark black hair and the feathered headdress and uh, like a red makeup across her eyes. And she too is naked and she, she has a uh, cloth wrapped around her. Like a, her right hand is, uh, is above like a hawk maybe and she's mm -hmm. coming from a from fire lotus excuse me i hit the microphone uh she's coming from like a fire lotus uh in the ground like at the at their feet and she's rising up out of the flames and behind her is a cactus i'm not sure san pedro that's a masculine cactus yeah i think it's just the top of a saguaro okay and in the distance behind you is rain from clouds on blue mountains and uh, crops and trees, uh, maybe in the distance, green, green area, pastures and mountains uh, is like, uh, and above her head is like, the, uh, like a red sun, I guess. It's a, like the, an orb of light creating a halo around the character and she too has a couple circles of uh light constellation i guess uh dots with a line that connects to make uh two circles around her and she looks in a state of ecstasy with her mouth uh agape a little bit and she's rising up looking to where she's rising uh looks very powerful and how would you describe this image? Yeah, no, you did a did a great job. Like that was just supposed to kind of just portray convey the phoenix type archetype in right. um, you know, the goddess form. Like I said, they're all gonna be the goddess over and over. But, you know, the different um things that I was trying to like embody I was dealing with a lot of trying to try and pick myself out of like the dark place that I'm right. to, you know. So um yeah. why they're so varied too is I do tend to like embrace like almost every spiritual tradition like on a certain level because I mean really the spiritual side of myself has seen more commonality in um in uh, a lot of traditions, you know, if, as right. long as they're compassion based and everything. Right. Um, so, yeah, so more. Oh, more, I, I didn't describe more, the uh, wings. Fire too. And, and she and has it. wings, like, uh, and she's rising up with angel wings on, attached to her. So that's, I forgot to say that part. So, yeah. A lot of them, yeah, a lot of them kind of are almost like have the goddesses will have like a familiar animal with them, you know, and then kind of sometimes take on aspects of that. So that's why she has kind of uh, hawk wings for her right. um, phoenix uh, wings arising from those flames. 
Yeah, and you're going to see a lot of cacti because I, I I grew up in Arizona for the most part, so I've always really loved the, you know the scenery here. Wow. So and the monsoons in the background. Awesome. I probably can only do a couple more because I okay. know a baby is banging on the door. <laughs> right. Okay, that's way more important. So like, let's but, uh, yeah, let's um the uh, I've been, we... but I, I we'll I'm always ahead. down to come back on and like and talk Wonderful. about more of them if you find it interesting uh well you want to do the last two i guess we can uh end on those and then uh that'll probably be like another five minutes or maybe and then we can say our goodbyes or, or do you want to just say goodbye now no no we're good for that yeah okay all right we'll do the last two because we were thinking about like the structure of where, where we're going to end <clears throat> so uh mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure like the next ones were all going to be pretty much like, you know, it's going to be a goddess of prosperity. It's going to be a goddess of, you know, of, you know, there's going to be more goddesses pictured with skulls and stuff like that and everything. So, I mean, right. really like I, I might do, I could always see about if people are interested, you know, on like, yeah. I mean, if you even want to just scroll through them real quick, you know, while I'm talking, yeah. like I can always see about, putting something up to if people are ever interested in looking at them. I like have always been kind of sh shyer with my art than with like my tattoos. Cause so I, it's hard to find it all in one place um, online. Uh, but I, it's something I can always Would do. You, I mean, <laughs> so. if, if you'd like, I could, uh, I could share these on the page on my one great work network page. Uh, and so people could go there sure. for the episode for this episode. I could just yeah. um, share. Uh, like, I, it doesn't have to be all of them, I guess. Uh, and it's not going to be like, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, well, it can, <clears throat> that's wonderful. Yeah, I can do that. Let's do that. Uh, bless you. Yeah, no, that's, that's sounds good. You know, um, for me, you know, it like there, and if, you know, if you or anyone had questions about specific ones, for sure, you know, I could, I could definitely, you know, answer any, but um, at least when it came to the artwork, most of it really was about kind of showing like the overall like body that had kind of like manifested in my, in my themes, you know, that it, it kind of always came back to the same, the same archetypes, you know, and trying to transform it into something really really beautiful you know and um and powerful and everything i think you have achieved that you really did a wonderful and amazing job with this um if that was your intent most of these pieces yes, are sold you did you did it <laughs> um yeah well i mean yeah that's wonderful we we want to see your new work too i guess um so we were going to end. Yeah, yeah, on most these of these pieces here. are sold. So it's going to say it's a uh, it's something that I have really appreciated is that like pretty much anyone who's bought like one of those pieces cuz I mean, you know, original artwork isn't cheap. That like right. it seems like it's really crazy that every time someone buys a piece, they feel like the it's like the um you know what i felt like i needed to get from the piece they felt like they were getting from the piece like too essentially because like wow. i said like it's 
the ones you see there's always, it's always going to be motivated by compassion there's nothing loose like really like luciferian in there other than you know like i said the, the themes essentially but the rest of it you know is really just trying to embrace like you know female like right. the beauty of female like expression and everything like that and, and the, the more power. You know, compassionate art mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and that's like what most, you know, obviously most of my people that buy it like are actually women, which, you know, might surprise some people because they're they tend to be erotic images, but they are still really painted like by a woman for a woman, you know, to feel right. like empowered essentially and that's that's what most of like my art clients have gotten from from that and that is something that i do really value in my artwork and feel like i've in some way provided at least a service in that regard you know to where you know it was helping to lift people up in the same way i've always tried to use it to lift myself up um yeah so these next two are the most recent pieces you know um they're probably going to be the last pieces that are follow these exact iterations of the um, goddess archetype that I've painted for, I don't even know, like eight years now or so. Um, just wow. because at this point, like most of that stuff, I find a little triggering as opposed to enjoyable now. Like I like I get a lot more enjoyment from my nature stuff but i do still really enjoy bringing spirituality into that and making it a little like surreal and everything so um we'll see you know how much how much nudity shows up in my art but i do still really enjoy it because the human form is you know is just beautiful it's my favorite thing for sure <laughs> um so yeah so in this one it's you know it's basically it's the goddess of magic again <laughs> you know that's gonna and she's essentially you know it's it's another piece that's all about manifestation, you know, and using cosmic energies. So you'll see the planets around her, a huge, huge headdress of crystal, quartz crystals that attach to other planets. And she's almost like stepping out of space behind her. Like it's a robe, you know, just robing for the, the viewer, I guess. Right. So yes, she's she's cloaked in the night sky, and that's almost like uh, Egyptian Nuit. Yeah, that's that's like um, goddess uh, Mother Mary in her uh, uh, in her iconography, um, and it's the uh, the tarot. Uh, I forget which trump cards. The I mean, it's it's a common theme of the goddess of the night sky um and it's like the power of creation and yeah. um it's very heady ideas and uh so this is a nude woman uh again very uh buxom uh she's she has dark hair and she's looking directly at us and she has like a um powerful longing or like but a power power face but then she has like this urge like a lustful uh look to her and the the crystals on her head are like exploding out like it's almost like her crown chakra <laughs> is just like just going kaboom into space and uh there's color <laughs> deep into in the in, in the root of each of these crystals there's color like yellow and green and red and 
uh, like a blues and <clears throat> the night sky behind. A lot her. of my artwork's very psychedelic. Awesome. Yes. Well, that's that. The subjective is is wonderful because then we can all connect in our own way. I mean, uh, and and so you have behind you uh, her is uh, Saturn, and uh, a smaller sphere that's maybe colored like Jupiter. But um, anyway, and and there and again with the 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 circles of light, we're making halos around. So it focuses our attention right on. Uh, on her eyes and her uh, uplifted chin and her pursed lips as she's disrobing the, the clothing of the night sky and we see her nude body. It's beautiful. It's amazing work. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yes, I guess you already said what you said. And then so we have the last one here. This... Uh, <clears throat> is Artemis. Uh, she's got the bow and she has the headdress of the, of um, like the Statue of Liberty's headdress or like uh, Attis's headdress or Cybele's headdress. Um, also she, she has like a loincloth of red with, uh, it looks like a little insignia, a little gold maybe crosses uh, and she has a knife around her around her leg and she's pointing the bow directly at us she doesn't look like she's angry at us uh, she looks like she is she's connecting with us with her eyes um, and uh, behind her is like maybe a ocean but it's uh, it's not focused so there's like a, maybe water and the color goes up to sky, uh, maybe setting sun. Uh, and she's pointing that bow right at us. <laughs> uh, tell us, what, tell us what, what do you think about this one? <laughs> uh, yeah, this one is just, um, like I said, these were my last, my last two goddess pieces that I had, had created within the past, like, I don't even know like year or so um and everything uh and and basically you know this was you know kind of feels like almost everything coming full circle you know for me on a certain level just because like I feel like she's obviously the closest representation to you know like the the main like goddess archetype you know because this is the main thing I tell people you know is that I um I'm not saying that I was like the one and only like person you know child in the world that was chosen to like to embody these things i'm sure there was freaking hundreds of them you know what i mean but right. you know they still they still as part of your program will give you like very specific things because they want to know exactly how your system's modeled and exactly what motivates all of your parts and most of the time they're creating it so this for me you know was just like it was just uh kind of like the first ones were just the internal internalized you know conflict that's going on externalized you know this really was kind of like that um that part of me you know that had been you know finally like expressed on a certain level but is also like i come back to in the art like reconciled you know to be more of a protector you know and is supposed to look like you know like she said she doesn't look like she's like gonna kill you or anything like no but at the same time it's like she's 
like not someone to fuck with <laughs> you know? yeah like yeah. it has like that you know and and that is like kind of like like all my pieces it's like i i paint them because there's a goal in me of something right. that needs to come out and for me like it really was like the last layers of of dealing with like healing stuff like really mm. has been about learning about my cult allied parts you know that did play these more violent roles and being able to connect with them and to change their belief system and to transform it into something that is positive for my right. life and my family and everything and that for me the vegetarian for like six or seven years now <laughs> you know i don't i don't eat meat i don't have a hunter or anything like that right. um like i would well, do what i need to in a survival situation but beyond course. that like i i get yeah. everything i need you know from from the world you know right so i i really you know for me it was it was just another example of being able to kind of really transform a part of you that was seen as especially to the rest of the system and to the rest of the world as something that's evil and irredeemable and all of these things and being able to take those same skills and then turn them towards something positive to where now you know i've talked about before that it's like i feel like when if you're a slave that can wake up you've essentially been given the keys to all the things you need to protect yourself too you know like you know like yeah you might have people after you but you also have a lot more insight into like motivations and means and all of that kinds of stuff or you know for me even like when it comes to the weapons like i was never my front day-to-day -day life had no knowledge or you know ability to use any sort of weapons or anything but what you see there with her like little dagger you know in her thing is something that like that that the delta part of me was very very like a ritual dagger or another kind you know like a small blade was the kind of thing that we were incredibly um like well trained in basically and stuff and does create a sense of empowerment when you are a small child or still a small female and you know how to use a weapon <laughs> like it's like it can turn from something that's like a damaging thing like weapons can cause a lot of damage but they can also help you fucking protect yourself and your family in times right. of need you know so that's right so that's a lot of like what's here is like is it it's kind of it is the moon like and everything like that because mm -hmm. that's the like the moon goddess but sometimes the earth goddess too would kind of cross over a little bit and cosmic stuff but for artemis the main thing is typically the moon the crescent moon that was always something that featured very heavily in mm -hmm. my artwork but it, here it is it's almost like the dawn though so it's almost like it's almost like the time you know like her time is ending or something like that you know as to uh, where where it's that nighttime that darkness and stuff like that it's all kind of kind of come into light basically so wow. yeah it's a wow. great one great one to end on you know because it is very that's beautiful very, right now it's in the front of my gallery so it's like the first thing you like <laughs> see when you like step through the door and wow. it's got like a i uh, got like a realistic painting of a cougar on one side and an eagle on the other you know it's like it's just, wow. you know it feels fun and badass and i i love that people love my gallery it's something that has made me feel you know um, really grateful in my life to have you know so many positive things between my family my profession you know like i i am very grateful for where i've come realistically and then that's why i speak out is to encourage other people that are on that path to know that you know 
That's crazy. Healing's a journey, you know, and that you're going to, you're going to find something awesome on the other side of it. That's right. Like you, you have harnessed those powers. Now that the woman in the care in the picture has her true, like her will is in charge of those weapons and she is not afraid. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I've heard your other shows uh, <clears throat> with Emma, like if you would see this dude on the street, he would be afraid of you, which is legit. That's this painting. And it's beautiful to see that. <laughs> and I love that you've come so far in, in the beginning, the first painting uh, she has, like, she's trying to kick the guy and like the monster has got her foot and he's like, rah, telling her, go back to work. And now at this, the monster has yeah. gone. <laughs> Right, the, and the monster is gone, and the the light of day is is coming to the to this dark land, and uh, with her will in charge, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And where is your gallery? Can uh, would you like to tell? I mean, uh, like this is online for everybody to hear. Uh, everybody, including the bad guys. So, like, uh, I don't know, but <laughs> but if if you'd like to share where your gallery is, like, uh, please. Uh, Tell us. And um, in the name, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, uh, what I send most people to is like my online version of it is good, essentially it's, good, a, good. is Noon Moon Collective is what it's called. That's N-O-O-N. Yeah. <laughs> Space M-O-O-N <laughs> collective. Um, it's awesome. something I have going on uh, with my sister-in-law to essentially put like an online presence of the gallery, you know, because she's also a really awesome uh, maker and creator herself. Um, so uh, that's usually where I send people to. We have like an Etsy and an Instagram, basically. So if you want to go ahead and head on over there, you know, and then also if you ever want to find me professionally for the tattoo stuff, you know, you, you can um, through uh, it's cover up mm. underscore carry on instagram is the best way to find me okay. that's great yeah that's much more safe i didn't i mean uh, so noon moon collective uh and they can find that i mean they could just google that and they'd be able to find the online is that right uh or the the instagram and uh, uh -huh. okay good it's a it's a or sorry, it's the Newman Collective is an Etsy or an Instagram. Etsy, okay. And then they can maybe uh, maybe purchase your work through the Etsy if they if people uh, like what they've yep. seen. Yeah, yeah. There's um, it hasn't been updated in a while, and most of the time I don't make like prints like wholesale for people to buy. Like usually people if there's one specifically you've seen today most likely it won't be as a print on there if it's been sold already so but i do i can make prints one off for people if they would like wow that's wonderful i'm so glad that you're that the the art is your profession and again the cover-ups of tattoos is another like it's a psychologically profound thing to change people's body that is like a tattoo is a scar on the body and you're like making it beautiful. You know, I mean, it's just wonderful to see you doing the art and being the true you and expressing with your artwork and being able to live on that. And, and you still can be mom and you can be wife. And just, it's just beautiful that uh, it's such a healthy 
thing to see and um it's just great that you could share it with us today thank you so much uh and oh uh people need to visit desert Dakini on youtube mm -hmm. and uh they can see some of your uh videos and um and they you can see other shows that we have done on uh wake the dead channel uh wake the whatever wherever you find wake the dead uh look up carrie olaje's name and thank you very much carrie for your time i know your baby's crying and wants to see mommy so um <laughs> is there anything more that you'd like to say with us today he knows i'm in here so <laughs> now that he's up from his nap he's like where's mom <laughs> right right <laughs> Yep. No, I mean, I would, uh, the only thing I would say is that like, I, because I can ramble and it's a huge subject matter and everything is like, I think I might've said on previous podcasts, you know, but again, you know, if you ever want to do just like a straight Q and A or something, if, you know, listeners want to like, like have me fill in, you know, gaps. Cause I know sometimes like I can skip around a little bit and maybe some like some things and don't quite make sense, you know, then so I have no problem like breaking things down into like smaller parts when it comes to anything that I've talked about, you know, even the more fucked up stuff is like not not a problem to me. Like for me, it's more just knowing where um, where the information will be helpful, you know, so right. if you guys ever if you ever want to like, you know, take questions or something like that right. you know, from listeners or something. I'm totally cool with just like doing something like that. So um, that's you know, that would be that would be I'm, I'm great. Your, you know. <laughs> wow! Thank you so much. Uh, like uh, I've tried to ask for questions, and my listeners don't it's, really. It's a hard thing to ask for questions tough. about. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, please. It, my my uh, email is uh, is is at the onegreatworknetwork.com slash sean hyphen mccann the page there you'll find a way to click and you can send me a message and uh i'm in contact with carrie and um we're everybody's busy and stuff we're not going to get at you the next day but um you know please be kind and uh and especially other survivors that are finding their way um carrie is reaching out a hand she's uh she uh she is that powerful artemis she is in control and she can help you find the way maybe to uh just talk it out talk to people talk to carrie uh, so send us an email send me an email and i will uh facilitate the connection as long as as long as your your will is good and you uh you know not trying to harm anybody <laughs> of course like um like i i will be sure to not like let harmful people at you <laughs> you know so that's why send the information to me or do the the instagram or etsy what i mean please uh um if you are um like if if you are a survivor too and you're listening um i i hope this has helped I, and um uh, everybody like the the idea like do some art like carrie has done like help <laughs> get it into the make it a creation uh like because it, it has helped to heal you carrie and it, it will help heal you too listener so everybody should do art all humans should do it it's the best <laughs> communication with yourself i think and um thank you for sharing your work carrie thank you so much for being here today 
Thank you, Sean. Thank you always for providing, you know, a really welcoming space to talk about some really difficult subjects. <laughs> well, it's my intent is love and I want to heal and I, I want to help others. And um, thank you for being there with me. And um, and listeners, we'll, we'll, we'll see you next time. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on Wake the Dead. <laughs>